There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Happy Valentine's Day. The Adventures of Bradley and Dawn on My Talk 1071. Everything Entertainment. Bradley has the day off. And Mike is here with me. Thanks so much for joining us this hour and hopefully the next. And hey, for the rest of the day on My Talk. Okay, if you have ever, um, or if you're listening out there and you have a family member, or if you yourself have ever been uncomfortable on an airplane, I mean, they make them. It's like, I feel like airlines are, the seats are made for children. Yeah. It's like they're flying kindergartners. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I have uh, some family members and uh, a very good friend of mine who, this is such a stressful thing, like, They think about it's just gives them so much social anxiety. The airlines call this customers of size. Okay. So they're like, am I going to fit in my seat? Will the person next to me be super annoyed? Um, How it feels to walk down the aisle and people are looking at you and judging you. That's just, it's just causes like emotional trauma and it's confusing. Every airline has a different set of policies I mean, it's really confusing out there. So I've got some news on what each airline, what their policy is okay, cool. on customers of size. Yeah. Um, the leg room alone, I'm sure, Mike, you have a problem with. Like, do you have to sit in the, um, because uh, you're tall. Yeah. Well, I'm fortunate, though. I'm tall, but my upper body is very, very tall. My oh, leg, like, <laughs> you have short legs. Yes. My torso is torso. much longer than my legs, which works great for football. Not so much for, I mean, it's just, it is what it is, but like, it's not, uh, it's a different yeah. vibe, which works well in, in uh, these situations as well, because the leg room has never really been an issue. Yeah. I'm 6'3". Yeah. And okay. it's never been an issue, though, just again, because it's a longer, longer torso for me. So, yes, I, I haven't had to deal oh, with my- that. But it is a complete relief, and there's nothing better than when you realize, oh, I'm in the that one spot next to the the door where everyone gets that's out in I'm emergency because then I get to spread out a little bit. That's they actually the make you pay a little bit more for that now. Mm, I think it's too sad. bad. Yeah, there's a price for everything. Yes, so, um, but yeah, it's a, it's a thing. So I would like to tell you that Southwest, you know, a lot of people have problems with them canceling flights, but it looks like they are the least stressful for okay. customers of size. Their policy is that you do not, um, they, they have, you do not have to actually purchase a separate seat. You just have to ask. Okay. Um, and they will help you out. It's, it's kind of like amazing. All you have to do is really ask. Got it. And, um, there's some people on Twitter that have, uh, for instance, um, 
this woman said, my wife told me about the customer of size policy on Southwest Airline. Airlines where larger folks can get an extra seat for free and pre-board on all of their flights. I used it for the first time today, and what a game changer for comfort. That's awesome. Pre-boarding, really. I mean, it's it's amazing how people can be so mean. Like, you hear people. Oh, yeah. I have. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, they can hear you, and that's awful. <laughs> I've told somebody that once. It's just, yeah. So we want everything to be comfortable for people flying. They shouldn't have to feel that way. It looks like Alaska Airlines. And, and I put this on our show links page, and you can find... Um, the link there, but every one of they go through all the airlines and talk about how long their seat belts are. Um, for instance, uh, Alaska Airlines, their seat belt length they list is 46, 46 inches plus 25 inches with a seat belt extender. Okay, and then they have like the seats that feature uh 31 to 32 inches of leg room, and then premium class seats feature 35 inches of leg room. So that's a really great thing. I think the only one out there that has a free seat for you is Southwest. Southwest would be the one that it looks like from this list. And, you know, sometimes people don't prefer it is a discount airline. Mm -hmm. I used to fly Southwest all the time. Uh, You have to sort of get in a queue online 24 hours before your flight to get seated first, if that matters to you, because it is uh, first come first Mm -hmm. serve, like, and all the aisles and the, um, the windows fill up first. So it's like if you're last and you forget to get online and get your place in line, um, Here yeah, I you're am sitting in the middle. In the middle with you, yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is the least favorite seat. That's why they're all left. <laughs> yeah, unless you're a very small person. Right, sample size for models. Yes, um, Delta Airlines. Uh, they have. It looks like they have a little bit wider seats, which is good. They all average between like 17 and um, 20 inches. Um. For, you know, depending on whether or not you're first class or comfort class, yeah. as they put it. I definitely noticed that in Delta, that your your base class, your main cabin class, it seems like they're much uh, wider and more accommodating and more, yeah, it's it's a more comfortable ride. Yes, and I'm sorry, let me correct myself here. Yeah. It looks like Delta Airlines does not require passengers to purchase an extra seat. Oh, if nice. they need okay. seat belt extenders or are uh, unavailable to lower the armrest, Um they will help them out with that. Um, also, Alaska Airlines, they do ask you to perch a, sec, uh, a secondary seat. But if there is any open seat on the plane, they will give that seat to you. Gotcha. And, and you can be refunded for that second seat. Okay, cool. Um, let's see. It looks like Hawaiian Airlines, um, they have a little bit larger. It always, it's like, okay, it makes sense because the airlines that are... Um, a little more expensive. It looks like have larger seats. Sure. Okay. They want people to fly again and be comfortable. So it lists like 18 inches for the Boeing 717, 19 inches for first class. Um, That's what I was going to ask. Aren't most of these planes this, like, I know they're not all the same planes, but a lot of them are the, 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 the brand of airline you're flying. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean the Boeing airplane is going to be different. Right. right? It has to do so, with the air. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. But then, you know, according to policies and how much they charge okay. and whether or not they charge you for an extra seat is definitely important too. Oh yeah, for sure. So if you get to fly on an Airbus A330, mm-hmm. their seats are 31 to 36 inches in economy class nice. and a whopping 76 inches in first class, which is like huge. 
Um, yeah, so there you go. Um, it's really great that this list has been put together, especially if you're somebody or fly with somebody who does get anxious about this. Uh, the being able to board early is, I think, one of the biggest keys here. You know, thank you, Southwest, for doing that, just because it's it's the stress of having people stare at you and feeling like it's just like everyone is crammed into a little space and it's yeah. the most anxiety inducing thing for for people that you know aren't sample size as i call it so this is um the list is on our website you can go to mytalk1071.com uh click on bradley and don show links page and you will find it there if you're going to fly soon and we do have don who just called in and oh, she yeah. wanted to add that it's not uh, and actually i'll just let her explain oh yeah so don, go ahead don hi hi don so uh, we fly a lot a yes. lot a lot and just to let listeners know that Southwest is honestly one of the most friendly sky airplane services that you can get. And you can get that pre-board mm-hmm. for if you battle anxiety, they'll let you pre-board for free. Oh. Um, if you also have like any sort of medical issue. So like my husband is six foot seven, so he's super tall. Mm-hmm. He doesn't fit both legs, you know, in the confined uh, spaces of one seat easily. And on top of that, he's got a blood clot disorder. Mm-hmm. And so if you have any medical issues, they always give him an extra spot so he can put one leg straight ahead and then one leg like to the right or to the left, depending on where he's seated, yeah. to have that extra space to make sure that he can move his legs around and that he fits comfortably. Yes, uh, really important for people with blood clot issues. That is a good point. And yeah, I do find them to be, you know, there's sometimes a hassle and you get rerouted or things aren't always on time. But I, I do feel like I agree with you. The the experience in the air is um, it's it's nice. They're nice people. So I think if you have any issue at all, if you just go up and ask, they're going to be really friendly at Southwest. So thanks, Don, for calling in. Okay. Yeah. Take care, guys. Happy yeah. Valentine's Happy Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Yes. All right. Coming up next, <sighs> Barney is all new again. <laughs> there are some Barney haters out there. The Aww. new Barney they don't like the way he looked, and we're going to discuss it right here on My Talk 107.1. Or app. Okay, it's Don McLean for Livia Weight Control Centers. Happy Valentine's Day to you. Are you loving yourself? Because I wasn't when I first moved here to Minnesota. Well, I thought I was because I was, um, you know, I was going out to eat a lot. Um, didn't have a lot of friends here yet, and I gained 30 pounds in a year. And then I joined Livia, and it changed my life for the better. Because for the first time in my life, I learned how to lose weight the correct way. And I actually, when I joined the program, I was eating less than whenever... Well, basically, I wasn't eating enough. So they put me on a program that made sense for me, and I actually got to eat more. Uh, So if you join today, and you will get 50% off your personalized program when you mention me, Don McLean. And don't worry, spring is right around the corner, so give them a call for more information, 855-GO-LIVIA, or visit livia.com, L-I-V-E-A.com. Once again, join today, get 50% off when you mention me. It's Don McLean for Livia Weight Control Centers. Hey, it's Jace for my family. The Adventures of Bradley and Don on My Talk 1071 Everything Entertainment. Bradley Trainer has the day off, and Mike and I are holding down the fort. I are, no, Mike and me are holding down the fort. I've got to do that every time. It's it just yeah. not something that I, it really sunk in in school. Okay, so Barney debuted in 1993. I love you, you love me. Yes. I won't do the whole thing. Ooh, that's really good. I love okay, Barney. I I loved, I had a love hate relationship with Barney. 
My daughter you hated was how much you loved him with it. Right. <laughs> um, my daughter is um, was born in 1992. Okay. And so Barney debuted in 1993. Got it. So that was the sweet spot for little mm-hmm. kids. Um, and it went on until 2010. So the Barney people are like, hey, we're doing this again. We're rebooting it, Mattel in particular. So they are making a new Barney that's an animated show. They're also going to be expanding to film, YouTube, and music. Course. In addition to the series, which is really smart, and a bunch of kids' products like toys, books, and clothing. So they are looking at not 1993 anymore, where you didn't market that heavily, to now this day and age where, I mean, they're looking at... Global domination. All the, all the things that you yes. can do. I mean, Paw Patrol is like <laughs> an obsession with kids. And whatever else is out there, mm-hmm. I'm sure there are other shows that kids are just wild about. You know, they go and see them on ice and just, you know, all of this stuff. So Barney's like, hey, it's been a while. We've got a whole new brand new group of kids that we can market to. That's smart. And good for them because yeah. it was highly successful. Uh, you know, my daughter was, we had... um VCR tapes, VHS tapes, okay. and she would watch them on repeat. Sure. Now, it's good because you're like, okay, she's occupied right now and she's fine and this isn't some weird message. But then it became to a point where like she would obsessively watch them and I was going crazy. <laughs> now, and also I'm like, what is this doing to her little sponge brain? Is this good? I mean, she doesn't walk around as, as an adult now as a 30-year-old singing Barney. She doesn't. And but does she, you know, I have, do. do you? <laughs> no, yeah, this is, yeah. I don't know. I love this show. Did you? I Good. Th- okay. Yeah. Well, this is the song and people might hate me right now oh. for playing this. You <laughs> can fade cool. it out whenever you choose to. But this is the song that I remember the most. Here we go, loop Here we go, loop light. Here we go, loop I give my hand a shake, 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 and turn myself about. Here we go, Loopy Loo. That's just. Here we go, Loopy Oh, so boy. Uh, you know, and it doesn't mean anything. Like, it wasn't so heavy handed yeah. that Barney tried to be really complicated. Mm-hmm. Did they have a multicultural cast and, you know, kids that. Uh, you know, you wouldn't normally see on all of the other 70s shows where it's like, boy, it was great because you got to see kids. Because other than that, on Sesame Street, if you lived in a community where it wasn't multicultural, yeah. you were seeing kids on TV. And things sure. like Sesame Street and Barney did that. Uh, one being Demi Lovato. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game. And you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. She got her start on Barney. Mm-hmm. Yes, and um, unfortunately so, her mom... Oh. Is a part of the group that doesn't like the change. Oh, no. They don't like what he looks like, Mike. What? 
It's going to be an animated version. What's wrong with it? What don't they like about it? Okay, I can sort of see their point, um, but it's like a Mario version of of Barney. Yeah, every time this ever ever since this came out yesterday or over the weekend that Barney was going to get a brand new look, people are not happy about the digital makeover. Um, one person said that ain't Barney, bruh. They did my man's dirty. <laughs> It's Barney meets Yoshi. That's what I will compare it to. It's it kind of looks like Yoshi that, you know, they mix together. I don't yes, know. and it I says, like it. why does Barney look like he's sky high cracked on cocaine? <laughs> that face is unsettling. Wow. And that face is unsettling as hell. I mean, the eyes are piercing. It is. If you take a look at, um, I also put this link on our show page. If you look at the new Barney and how it's like 3D Barney, he doesn't look as dopey. <laughs> Well, clearly they haven't watched the uh, the old one because it seemed like he was high on cocaine on the old one too. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I just... oh boy, I love when he would jump up and little feet would patter, and he's just yeah. like, "Yes, the, the, the little suit and yes. the arms, the T Rex arms." Oh, so I mean, good. that barely worked, um, and it was just so cumbersome. You could tell the person in the well, you can tell that Barney, mm-hmm. the inside Barney, yeah. <laughs> It was difficult. Mm-hmm. It was difficult to do all those dances, and I would always just laugh because I was thinking about the inner Barney having to do all that, and <laughs> the how inner Barney. the weird, the weird, how weird it must have been to like be yourself inside the suit. Have you ever been in a mascot costume? Uh, I'm trying to think. No, I have not had the pleasure. I've been Scooby Doo before. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I actually did it with a, a modeling agency that I was with. Yep. They wanted to like. A lot of the girls would not do things like this. Like, they just would never. They're like, no. And I'm like, I'll do it. Sure. You know, I'll get in a I'll get in a suit and I, make a ton of money I've for the day. I always wanted to do that. It'd be so much fun. Nobody knows who you are. You can have fun. You can interact with the kids. And it's just, it's a blast. Yeah, it was actually for a Johnson & Johnson toothpaste, like, convention thing because you were they giant were tooth no i was i was scooby-doo because oh, they right, were okay, introducing gotcha. to all the reps like this new scooby-doo toothpaste okay. and these products so i was scooby-doo on stage and um i made like two grand for the day wow i'm serious and i only worked i made like 500 an hour it was incredible and i'm like i could do i could do scooby-doo i don't care if i'm seen or not <laughs> so that's more than what the person who did scooby-doo made in a day that's awesome the, uh, absolutely that is <laughs> well so done. true so i you know i think this is going to be good because it's a new audience i will say that i do miss if they could just redo the eyes and i know they redo did this with sonic yes they the did completely. And, because they listened and to the, fans the teeth it was like a human sonic had like human teeth and it was mm-hmm. very bizarre and then they anima- made it a little more animated and, yeah, yeah they made it more friendly looking and it, the response was amazing that movie made tons of money and fans were so excited that they changed it for them so i I think they might need to just redo the eyes i think i just relate with barney because barney's got that little gap in between the teeth you know and i do too i have a gap too so it's just like i can relate and i love yoshi so this new barney just gets me yeah you like it i see scene but i see like he he gets me he He gets you i want him to be in my life yes i love this barney well we're gonna talk about the show you mike is gonna talk about that coming up next yeah and um, also the star and what he thinks about the new season. My Talk 1071, everything entertainment. Uh- 
my talkers. Bradley here for my friends at Little Blind Spot and Hunter Douglas with huge savings for 2023. If ever there was a time to visit the Little Blind Spot showroom, that time is here. Right now, select Hunter Douglas Duet Honeycomb Shades qualify for a U.S. federal tax credit of 30% off the purchase value, up to $1,200. That's right, I said $1,200. Hunter Douglas Honeycomb Shades are designed to conserve energy at the window in any season. They trap heat inside the honeycomb fabrics during the winter months and keep cool air inside your home in summer. It's like they were made for Minnesotans. Hunter Douglas Duet Honeycomb Shades are available in many fabrics, including light filtering, room darkening, and blackout shading options. Visit the Little Blind Spot showroom in downtown Hopkins today for help from the best experts in the business. Or you can visit them online at littleblindspot.com. And don't forget to tell them Bradley sent you. Sing it with me. The Little Blind Spot. We're big on service. Radon Gas is a where talk is fun. Every afternoon from noon to three, the adventures of Bradley and Don on My Talk 1071. Talking about the show You on Netflix, The Adventures of Bradley and Donna, My Talk 1071, Everything Entertainment. Bradley has the day off. And Mike uh, really loves the show You. And if you haven't ever watched it on Netflix, I haven't started it, but it looks like there are only 40 episodes, which to me is nothing. I can yeah. change that. And they're 45 quick. minutes a piece, so yeah. you just roll right through them. But. I think initially what started, um, like the first season was more just like a stalker type of a show. <laughs> We just Is had, that right? We just had a caller, uh, Dawn, call in, and she says, I really got halfway through the first season and kind of just, because it was just a stalker show. It wasn't like, because she's fascinated by uh, serial killers, she yeah. says. It's like, it wasn't really a killer show. It was just a stalker show. And right. this actually show got its start um, from Lifetime, by the way. No. This was originally ordered by Lifetime, the network. Are you serious? And then, yeah, Netflix kind of picked it up and built off of it, obviously, and that's where some of the other uh, gore factors and things pop up. But, yeah, the stalkerish nature. And I got into this because, um, uh, so my fiancé, she really liked the first couple of seasons. Okay. And uh, then I kind of jumped in and we rewatched it together. And um, to Dawn, who called in to her point, the first season is very much stalker-type vibe to it, and you try to work your mind into the mind of this guy and then it uh, it evolves from there okay and i don't want to give away too much but um it obviously evolves from there and you can watch the trailer and obviously see uh, a lot of the details or, or or kind of get the idea but the thing for me is the first episode or the first season was pretty good it's got like 90 on rotten tomatoes or something like that most yeah. people kind of liked it that's when it kind of got popular netflix you know picked it up and advanced it on but it Season one and then season two, it started getting a little formulaic, I guess, as mm. it went on. And that's why season three, I wasn't the biggest fan of. And I'm okay. like, okay, this is going the wrong direction. This is oh. going to become this type of a show where it should have been, you know, canceled and it should have been able to wrap things up. <laughs> then season four comes along. Right. And you're watching it. I'm watching season four. I'm four episodes in. They have completely, completely um, kind of flipped the script and went oh. a completely different route. Which is fun. Um, 
and again, I won't give too much away, okay. but it's it, it's a it's it went from what the first three seasons were to being more of a, almost a murder mystery type vibe, which oh. I know that's very kind of in vogue right now. The Knives Out universe mm-hmm. and Poker Face and things like that. It's very much in you know in times for those types of a show, but that's kind of the way they did it. Okay. So, um, but we talked about the gore, and you heard the clip if you listen last segment of uh, Penn uh, Badgley talking about uh, having to deal with some of that gore and this uh it almost felt like because the Jeffrey Dahmer um special or the Jeffrey Dahmer show was yeah. on Netflix last year or uh-huh. earlier this year they decided with Evan uh, Peters yeah right? with Evan Peters it almost felt like they're like oh well they did that so now uh. we gotta up the wow factor here because the very first episode we talked about covering your eyes and being uncomfortable yeah it was the most uncomfortable scene i had ever and it's not extreme wow it's maybe 45 seconds to a minute but from a gore factor it it was a punch you in the face type moment where it was like this is really happening right now and this is very uncomfortable oh god (laughs) i looked away sarah kept watching and then she even looked away said oh my why did they just show that oh my gosh uh, so yeah it was uh it it was rough, but I will say after that, though, they use that as kind of, like I said, the punch you in the face, get your attention type thing. And I've really liked the next few se- episodes after that. I thought okay. this season's been really, really good. So, and there's been five. There's been five episodes. They're releasing it in two different parts. Uh, the first five episodes were dropped uh, last week, I believe, and the next five, I think, are going to be in a month or two. Oh, I um, see. Okay, so they're just doing it. They're not doing weekly. Exactly. They're not okay. doing weekly. They're just staggering out a little bit. Uh, Netflix has done this, but I think you would really like this series, uh, season especially because it is a... Um, trip over uh, across the pond to uh, London is where he is a uh, he's the uh, like I said a teacher a university uh, professor over there and he has to kind of reinvent himself based on the actions that took place in season three okay so. um I noticed I did watch a small clip yeah. of him mm-hmm. and I don't know what was happening in the scene yeah. but Actually, it was part of what they played on Seth Meyers uh, when he appeared on there for, it's like five days ago or Mm -hmm. something. But it was a very, like he was self-auditing. It was a, like he was, what is that called? First person? Where they're talking to themselves like Dexter. He's like the narrator. Yeah. He's a narrator. Throughout the, um, throughout the show, you get that, which is kind of funny because, I mean, Gossip Girl kind of had that vibe too, where there was like that narrator in the background and he's kind (laughs) of doing that same thing and that's where he was most popular for. But yeah, it's, uh, he, he, he'll go through some of his thinking and some of his frustrations and yeah. some of uh, you live that through his narration yeah. while you're watching the show. Right. So, which is kind of fascinating because it, uh, this show of any that uh, it deals with serial killers and, and stalkers and psychological thrillers, you really get a uh, front row seat to kind of what is happening in his mind. Um, and the writers, Sarah Gamble, I mentioned was, uh, is one of the show runner or is the show runner mm-hmm. for it. Um, but there's a few other writers in the mix and it's, it's gotta be an interesting place to try to get into the head of, and try to fictionalize a very serious and, um, you know, troubled state of mind these people are in. Yeah. So, well, um, um but it's on, good. you know, some of the reviews on IMDb, yeah. uh, somebody describes it as oddly uncomfortable. Yeah. They watched it without expectations. They hadn't heard of the book and hadn't seen any previews or descriptions. And what they found, it was pleasantly dark, Mm -hmm. a pleasantly dark show. It was oddly uncomfortable because it's an amazing story told from a unique perspective. 
And hey, so. what could I have said those exact words you just said? What movie recently could I have tied to that that you really, really loved? Oh, the menu, possibly. Oh, the menu. And again, this and this is why I love this show is it's unique. Yeah. And that's one of the issues that we have such a pro. It's so hard to find unique. And I think just to look globally when it comes to box office numbers, when you see these shows like Smile and these movies that yeah, are fear based and uh, Megan, mm-hmm. the, a lot of these scary movies are becoming these breakthrough hits because. A, they're cheap to make. They truly are. So you're all of a sudden able to do unique things and have creative ideas and do stories that we haven't already seen before, but they're so cheap to make that they're like, oh, sure, you can do this. And then all of a sudden they dominate the box office. And it's just amazing to see that. And I love that. And hopefully that incentivizes some, you know, people to the the decision makers when it comes to what movies we're going to do, what TV shows we're going to see. Take some chances and step outside the box because you can get rewarded when people see something they've never seen before like the menu yeah yeah and i would recommend seeing that before the oscars i think they're up for some i think they have some nominations not as much as they should Uh, the golden globes they had more but um but yeah Mm -hmm. i I am watching this is a real turn here i just finished the gilded age okay (laughs) on netflix and i'm kind of behind on it you know it was it debuted last january and i cannot wait until the next season Comes if you're a fan of Downton Abbey, yeah. Julian Fellows is the writer of both Downton Abbey and The Gilded Age. Nice. So it's kind of the same construct as um, Downton Abbey, as in the class system. Okay, there's that upstairs downstairs feel that you have, but it's about real. It's about things that happened in the beginning of the making of New York. Got it. You know, like. You're talking about the 1800s mm-hmm. where there was an entire group of a social class of people who were old money. So if you came over on the Mayflower, your your family has had been in New York for 300 years or 200 years. Then you were an established family that had the most clout. So there was that group of rich people battling the new money people who were literally like the Vanderbilts and um, the J.P. Morgans of the world. And he does use references of the real lives of those people to blend into the stories. Like, for instance, there's a a family who the the businessman, he um, he it's about the stock market and how he manipulates the stock market sure. because of what he wants. And there's buying and selling of stock and people's lives were ruined. Oh, yeah. And they're in the real life story with the Vanderbilts. Um, three people um, died by suicide because of it. They lost their entire fortune. So just really gritty stories mixed with a lot of like that social stuff that you that if you like shows like that it's mm-hmm. just it's it's pretty cool so um if you've never watched that hbo max there's just one season and milf manor is going to end soon mike what's going to happen on that <laughs> oh, last episode i haven't watched it you what haven't either i haven't watched the last episode yet i'm excited uh, maybe is that the right word yeah. i haven't done it yet and it's been out for, or for a little bit yeah, so for a little bit, i don't know yeah. i don't know how excited i am but All right, coming up next, uh, let us know what you're doing for Valentine's Day. Or if you haven't done anything, you can call... Hey, my talkers, Bradley here for my friends at Hero. You know, they've been keeping Twin Cities homes warm and cozy for over a 100 years. And this time of year, keeping your house warm is near the top of everyone's priority list. I mean, obviously, if you don't have heat, that's an emergency. And Hero can get you back on your feet so that you and your family are safe. But maybe you've got something else that's going on with your home in regards to your heating. 
system. For example, this happened in our house. We have a converted upstairs. Um, it used to be an attic. And the heat situation up there was atrocious. Well, Hero gave us some advice. Turns out it worked. And uh, if you've got a room that's too hot or not hot enough, call Hero. Have them out. They will... I guarantee have solutions for you. And that comes from their over 100 years of experience. You can trust the work that Hero's doing. I can tell you that because I'm a customer. I've had Hero out to our home uh, several times, in fact. Whether it's heating, cooling, plumbing, electrical, air ducts, you name it. Call Hero.com today and don't forget to tell them Bradley sent you. Are you or a loved one? The Adventures of Bradley and Dawn on My Talk 1071. Everything entertainment. Happy Valentine's Day. Bradley has the day off. Mike and I are holding down the fort, and Mike and me are holding down the fort. I'm going to do that every time, every Mike. Every time. Every time. Now we're expecting me it. We're waiting are for holding. It, so. I am holding. Mike and I are. I are. I am. It would be Mike and I. I before E except after C. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, you are starting to watch you. Conjunction, junction, what's your function? <laughs> Hooking up. For, we're going to start doing grammar talk the rest yes, of today. Yes, grammar talk. Please <laughs> don't give me any heat. I, uh, please, I would appreciate it. Be nice to me on Valentine's Day. Oh, so okay, so um, you are watching you on Netflix. Yes. This is something that I've always wanted to watch, mm-hmm. but I never got into it. So yeah. I feel like I'm not that far behind. You are def Yeah, so you, you can definitely catch up quickly. It's a fast watch, which is nice. The episodes are about 45-ish minutes. Oh, it's cool. on Netflix. And uh, I guess I don't know exactly uh, how many episodes per season. I can look that up. But oh, I, can. I just remember it goes it goes super quick. And this uh, final, I shouldn't say final, this most recent series here, uh, season four, uh, it's just, I believe, 10 episodes. And they've released the first five here at this point. So I see. Pretty quick okay. to work through. And we'll get into what I actually think about the show, I think, coming up uh, in next segment, possibly. Yes, but what's true. interesting about this show is, um, uh, and actually Panda just sent us a, a tweet, and it's pretty funny because Penn Badgley plays the lead character. Joe Goldberg and uh, the tweet kind of says it all uh, based on a TikTok that he posted. But uh, I don't think Penn Badgley, I don't think anyone hates Joe Goldberg as much as Penn Badgley does. The guy who plays <laughs> right? Joe Goldberg. So uh, if you don't know the story, Joe is uh, uh, it starts off you because it's uh, him talking about a woman that he's infatuated with and okay. basically obsessed with. In the first season, uh, you're, I believe, in New York and it's very city, you know, kind of uh, claustrophobic in that little vibe. In, yeah. that, in that city vibe then um and again we can get into the actual show here in a little bit but it kind of expands from there actually jenna ortega was in season uh three that okay. was one of the fir- first time i ever saw jenna ortega was okay. in season uh three of this uh of this show but uh fun show i enjoy it. and again we'll get in there but some of the things he's talking about is uh first off uh, the idea of romanticizing serial killers. It bothers him. Yes, it bothers him in a big way. So uh, hey. he actually has a couple of storylines that have popped out recently here. One about not wanting to do sex scenes as much or intimate scenes as much on the show. Oh. And that's for different reasons. We'll get into that here. But also just the idea that um, he's not in love with how Netflix has decided. And he called them out kind of specifically. He has oh, his own pod- He has his own podcast. Oh. And he just kind of talks about the idea that, um, I don't know, if he specifically just took a shot at Netflix, but that's a pretty glaring one because we remember they had a show called Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile, and that was basically Ted Bundy as mm-hmm. played by Zach Efron. And it's so. like Ted Bundy was known as a good looking guy, <laughs> sure. but not Zach Efron quality. Yeah. You know, he was known as like, oh, he's a good looking man, but mm-hmm. they took it to a different level. And also, we know enough about Ted Bundy. Like, we yeah. know everything. I do. I don't know. I think the general public, there wasn't any new 
story to tell or a reason to tell it. And you may remember that actually released two different things. They had conversations with a killer, the Ted Bundy tapes. I loved that. I thought, I thought that, that was, was very yes. good. I enjoyed that. And for me, somebody, I wasn't around it, didn't really know much about the story. I listened to that and I was like, oh, this is really interesting. Okay. I'm enjoying this documentary. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh, we're going to go this other route and basically make a fictional retelling of the story with Zac Efron as the lead. And uh, again, that's one of the things that seems to be uh, the issue Penn has with this uh, with this whole genre. Okay. And, uh, it's, it's fascinating because it also ties into just our infatuation with serial killers and the idea that it's so we all have you want to try to understand the things you don't understand that's so true and it seems like that's one of those things like how could somebody truly be this vile how could somebody truly go through this so you want to try to get into their head and you I want think to try to figure it out yeah are you the type of person who's super fascinated by serial killers i, at I all? am okay, i have yeah. to admit like i, I I'm going to talk about DVDs again, but no, back okay. in the day, <laughs> this is before streaming. Sure. I had a box set of like, it was like 10 DVDs and okay. it was like the most famous serial killers. And it. people are like, why do you have that? I'm like, it's so interesting. You know, that's the first time I learned about like H.H. H. Holmes, sure. who yep. is just like, if you don't know who that is, mm-hmm. that is, he created just a huge house of fours. Anyway, I don't want to. It was in Chicago around the World's Fair time, and it's like, oh my gosh, the things that that man did, holy cow. But um, no, I totally I totally have been interested, and a lot of it for me has to do with being able to hear somebody talk about something or know their story so that I can avoid those people. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you could ever figure them out, because some people do seem off, mm-hmm. and if you, I think sometimes you should just, you know, follow your instincts and... And, um, you know, because you can feel when somebody's off, but then sometimes they seem perfectly normal. Yeah. So Penn, he has an issue with romanticizing serial killers, but he, in fact, is on a show. Where he is a stalker slash serial killer. Yeah. And, and that bothers him. Yeah, it seems like that's kind of, it's kind of hitting him because I think what he's realizing is like, oh, I'm this sex symbol on this guy who because it may, you may remember his first role and what made him the most famous was gossip girl gossip girl he, yes right and that was not the terrible remake that's happening right now that i think has already been canceled and they're not <laughs> right. even done with the first season but uh the the old the older version mm-hmm. with of course uh like lively and actually sarah's in the middle of a massive gossip girl binge so that oh, i keep walking in and i'm like yeah i keep walking in and i'm like oh there's joe goldberg and then <laughs> i was like oh but it's him like 10 years ago right um, and he probably wanted to transform into a different type of actor yes and that's kind of going forward to the next side of the story so not only the romanticizing of serial killers but also the other side that he's come out about and we've kind of got news of this that he's requested fewer intimate scenes in this show this year and um it it seems like it was met really really well and he says there was no no issue when he came out with this uh sarah gamble actually is the uh is the showrunner for this uh show you and uh she had no problem with that and it sounded like uh one of the biggest reasons he said on one side was he's got a family now. He's got some kids. Okay. He's got his wife. And obviously just being you know that committed to them is, is super popular. But he also said the other side of it is a little professional where he's like, I don't want to be pigeonhole, pigeonholed into this idea that I'm always the romantic lead guy. Uh, yeah. Or he, he says he's experienced this ever since Gossip Girl, where uh-huh. it just seems like the same type of opportunities have been given to him. The only type of opportunities are these lead, you know, yeah. opposite uh 
I can tell that he wants to break out of that mold yeah. because of, I mean, just his image alone. I um, I was watching a clip. Actually, we can we can play it now if oh, okay, you want cool. to. Um, it. It's him. He is with Seth Meyers. Okay. And he is, I mean, his appearance. He looks like um, a poet from like the yeah. 1890s. Yep. He has his hair grown out, a huge beard. I mean, he just looks like an intellectual that should be smoking a pipe. Mm-hmm. Like he's trying to like cover up his pretty face. Yep. It looks like so. Here he is talking about the gore on the show and how he wasn't really into it. When you don't finish a scene on 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 time in the day, you have to go back and do pickups. And so I was in the middle of something else. I'm like, yeah, we're gonna go go do pickups for this scene from the second episode or first episode. Sure, yeah, yeah. And I, and then I got to strap on this um, jumpsuit, and then I'm like, oh right. And then they spray me down with blood, like, fully, fully. I have goggles on, and I'm just like, okay, all right. And then, um, and then I walk into this, this room they've created to make it look like the place we were in, and it's full of smoke and dark, fake blood all over a table and a, and a table saw with meat on it. Yeah, that's, yeah. And, um, and, and I remember just being like... <laughs> it's it's not um your your nervous system is just like yeah no right <laughs> and i would imagine too when you're like all right now what's this character thinking that's not a nice place to go either yeah well you know what's nice he's meant to be he's meant he's kind of like your he's he's your likable serial killer yeah he's, you he's, know he's what? a clumsy like he's a little bumbling killer yeah. next door yeah. so so i just let the nausea come through and it does. Um, I will say that. Um, but no, it, and he. It's kind of interesting because he's the stalker serial killer in this show, and we'll get to here in a second more of the details and what I'm thinking of this season. But uh, he's also very intellectual. Like he is the original setting. He was in this library, and yeah. he has taken care of all of the books for this um, library, the like historic library, and he knows how to redo these all these books. And he's very very well read. He's actually right now in this season a professor at a uh, university. University in London teaching American oh. literature and things like that. So yeah, you 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 I'm love this. I'm sure most that I would series. like this yeah. show. You, def- yeah. you definitely will. But uh, we'll we'll talk a little bit about the uh, the about old the gore factor coming first... up because you know I'm not a huge. You don't like that. I'm not a gore fan. It's no, just I... you've admitted. I don't know if it's an admission, but you've said you're you couldn't see yourself in the medical field ever because the oh, sight of blood. I... Just you I've, don't like it. I've passed out. I think three, maybe four times, donating blood. And oh, uh, yes, I've I've on also the table. yes, and I've also had to get shots for various things and passed out there, right there, laying on the thing already. So no, I'm not. Blood's not great for me. So uh, they and they hit you with it here in season yeah. oh, one of yeah. uh, or in episode one of season four, which uh, yeah. you know there might be. I wonder if there's a website out there where they can like mark all the time codes of when it's coming so that you can. No, I, so IMBD. That's one of the reasons you asked me. You're like, oh, so is this and we'll, we'll, uh, is this Dexter level kind of yeah. stuff? And I was like, I only know because I go to IMBD and go to the parental guide sometimes. <laughs> you do because well, it it tells you this might be a spoiler, <gasps> so you good. you can go through and see. Oh, these are the things that maybe aren't necessarily necessarily going to change your watching experience but it will tell you if there's a spoiler involved but you can actually go through and look and they'll give you the very very tight details on swearing and you know any sex things and also any gore issues and violence issues so i usually have i'm well prepared going into a movie that's that's a good way to uh look at it because Mm -hmm. you know we look at that for you know because of 
kids in the yeah, house and like, should we let, should I let him watch this movie? And it's just like, nope, nope. And right. then, or, or um, my boyfriend will know what the time code is and just like, and they literally do cover their eyes like they're precious. Anyway, uh, uh, 40 I, episodes. I literally covered my eyes yeah. in this most recent season. Yes. Yeah, I don't, I don't like, uh, honestly, I feel like I don't really want to see a bunch of, I might sound like a prude, but anymore, I'm like, I can get, just cut away. Just like, you don't need to show all that. Anyway. Okay, so 40 episodes into you. And um, coming up next, you're going to tell us a little bit more about the series and why you like it and what the general plot is, if if you haven't watched you. And if you are into it, you can always give us a call, 651-641-1071. That's coming up next on My Talk 1071.